0: all right guys you are locked on falcons today i am joined by charles mcdonald of for the win at usa today and we're going to be talking about some of the biggest offseason storylines including where Deshaun watson will end up if the falcons are going to draft a quarterback and we'll pick charles's brain about some impending new york jets free agents that the falcons might be interested in.
1: you are locked on falcons your daily atlanta falcons podcast Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: So, guys, you know me. I'm Aaron Freeman. Been covering the Falcons for many years, formerly at falcfans.com, RIP. Still going strong on Twitter, at falcfans, and, of course, the host. Of this world-renowned Locked On Falcons podcast, your daily Atlanta Falcons podcast, right here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's episode, I am joined by a world-renowned guest—that is none other than Charles McDonald, that guy in the airport who got Andy Reid's, uh, what was it, four or five cheese macaroni uh, and cheese uh, recipe. But uh, Charles is going to be joining us to talk about a variety of topics. We'll pick Charles's brain about the Atlanta Falcons offseason their draft approach their free agent approach we will also pick Charles's brain about the team he used to cover prior to joining USA Today Uh, infamously I guess his time in the city of New York uh, during his time uh, at the New York Daily News and we'll get his thoughts on what the Jets free agents, the Falcons might be interested in, but we'll sort of kick things off talking about the big off season storylines with the, all the quarterback movement and the sort of the last potential last domino, at least as far as the big name quarterbacks that might fall with Deshaun Watson and whether or not we might be seeing him in the NFC South. So without further ado, let's get into that conversation with Charles McDonald for the win. So, guys, it's Aaron Freeman of Lockdown on Falcons, and I am joined by one of my favorite guests, Charles McDonald of For the Win USA Today covers the NFL, formerly a Jets beat writer for the New York Daily News. We'll get Charles's thoughts a little bit later on the show about some impending Jets free agents that the Falcons may want to sign. We'll get Charles's thoughts on the Falcons offseason plans, and we'll talk with Charles about one of the bigger storylines this offseason with Deshaun Watson and maybe even relate how that relates to what the Falcons might do this off season.
1: But Charles, my good friend, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me on. Uh, it's kind of a exciting offseason or interesting off season, at least with the Falcons. I think maybe at least one of the most off seasons that I've been paying attention to in the past few years. So uh, I'm I'm really excited to see how Terry uh, Fonno and Arthur Smith ended up Shaping this roster from now until the draft, and as we all know, and as Terry spoke today or yesterday—I'm kind of losing track of the days—that they got some difficult decisions to make uh, as they kind of move through the offseason, try to get under the cap, and also create enough space to improve their roster from last year. Because I think we can all agree they got some uh, some work to do (laughs) after after a four and twelve season.
0: Yeah. So, Charles, you know, we'll get to some of the moves that Terry and him will be doing. That's what I'm going to call him now, Terry and him. Um, one of the big topics this offseason, you know, we've already seen two big quarterback trades, right? One involving Matt Stafford and Jared Goff changing teams, one involving Carson Wentz changing teams. The other big storyline this offseason, and it seems like everything revolves around various teams, quarterback situations, including the Falcons but it's Deshaun Watson and I just I'm curious where do you see just Deshaun Watson winding up this offseason is he going to stick in Houston is he going to get traded to another team um you know how do you think this Deshaun Watson situation gets resolved
1: uh yeah I I think he's going to end up getting traded but I don't think that we're close to a trade for him uh because both sides just seem so steadfast in this where Watson's like I'm not coming back and the Texans are like well we're not trading you so you know what do we do here and I I just I just kind of think that Deshaun like really might be desperate enough like to just make this a mess enough where where he can get out and they have to trade him or it could just be a thing where the Texans are so incompetent that he ends up getting traded regardless but uh, I, I don't I don't even think that this trade happens maybe in the next month or so but at some point, I, I do think he's going to get dealt, and I, I guess you know, it seems like the three teams, just based on what people are reporting and just from you know ch- uh, chatting with people, it's, it's the Jets, the Dolphins, and the Panthers. Really hoping it's not the Panthers. Uh, I know there's some, I've seen some Falcons fans on Twitter being like, oh, well, they would have to trade so much to get Deshaun, it wouldn't even be worth it now. Like, Deshaun on that offense, uh, at least until Joe Brady leaves, would be pretty terrifying, and... He already has D.J. Moore and, and uh, Robbie Anderson waiting for him, so it's not like this would be an uh, offense that has no talent that he'd be stepping into. Uh, maybe he lose Christian McCaffrey in the trade, but you get Deshaun Watson, so uh, I think that that's a, a fair trade. So I'm I'm really hoping that uh, Carolina doesn't sell the farm for him. I, I think that one of the best spots for him would probably just be Miami uh, because they're closer to competing than the Jets, and uh, I, I I just am a believer in what Brian Flores has done over the past couple of years. I mean, we were talking about this team as like, uh, or not even, I mean, they did rebuild, like they had to basically start over from scratch and, and kind of get this roster moving back in the right direction. And they were on the cusp of making the playoffs like two years after Flores got there. So, and I think that we can all agree, like if they had Deshaun Watson, they they probably have had a pretty good chance of running division, winning division uh, with how good that defense is playing. So, you know, I think that Miami, uh, Makes a lot of sense for him. If he wants to go to a team that can actually, like, ha- has more space to build around over the next year, maybe he wants to go to the Jets. But I-, I feel like if you were trying to compete right now, I don't, I can't think of a better team than Miami for, for Deshaun Watson.
0: Yeah, and you, you brought up Carolina. And it seems like all the conversation, particularly when it comes to the draft, and this is where I think it, it could potentially impact the Falcons, is Carolina wants to be aggressive to get a quarterback. They were in the Stafford conversation. Obviously they weren't able to pull the trigger on that. They're a team that a lot of people were thinking are going to be aggressive trying to go after Deshaun Watson. And if they're not able to sort of pull off that trade, maybe they will be aggressive moving up into the top of the draft to get their quarterback. One of the the top three or four quarterbacks. Um, I'm curious, you know, and I, I feel like that really has a substantial impact on, what the Falcons may do at four if they're going to also be in that quarterback conversation from your perspective, do you feel like Carolina is the team that's going to sort of really be that X factor?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that they're definitely going to be one of the teams just because eight in this draft, that's going to be kind of tough to land a quarterback and like you talk about, they really do seem desperate to move on from Teddy Bridgewater, which it's like kind of confusing because I feel like we knew what the Teddy Bridgewater deal was when you signed him. And I just don't know how you can be like this shocked that he was just like a physically limited player based on everything that we know about him and what happened to him in the NFL. Uh, So they seem to be completely done with that, which is fine. But eight in this class is going to be pretty hard to get a quarterback. So I think you're going to need to trade up. And the other two teams are really three teams. I think that are also in the hunt, or four teams, if you want to, if you want to stretch it to San Francisco. It's like San Francisco, Denver, Carolina, Detroit, Philadelphia. So that's five teams, I think, that could be in the market for a quarterback. When we we just saw uh, the Eagles trade away Carson Wentz, uh, the Lions trade away Stafford for Jared Goff. But I think based on the compensation there, we can all kind of read through the lines and uh, see what they actually think of golf. I mean, they took on the extra pick just to get the con- like to make way for the contract. So I think that they're very much players in the quarterback market, obviously Carolina, Denver. I mean, come on, like Denver, are you really going to run this drew lock thing back again? Uh, and, and also Denver is one of the teams in the, in the mix with the John Watson uh, uh, sweepstakes. And then San Francisco, I just think that if like this seems kind of like the time to strike for Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch, like I, I get that, you know Jimmy G's been hurt a lot, but I think that that in itself is a reason to kind of move on. And also, he hasn't been that great when he's been in the lineup, and you know his contract's pretty easy to get out of. So I, I think that there are a lot of teams to consider uh, potentially leapfrogging the Falcons, or maybe even making a deal with the Falcons if they decide that uh, they want to trade down. Because I, I don't—I I know that a lot of people are fixated on a quarterback, and personally, I am too. But I. I don't think that trading down and picking someone else is a bad move for this team. And I don't think that anyone should be surprised if that happens on draft day.
0: Now I want to get more into that uh, topic of conversation with the Falcons off season uh, here with, Charles McDonald, and we will continue that conversation here on Locked On Falcons. But before we get there, guys, I want to let you guys know that Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. NFL might be over, but NBA, college basketball, NHL, and now FCS spring football is in full swing. Bet Online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. You can get real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets. And it's free to sign up. Just head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today at betonline.ag and receive your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit when you use the promo code LOCKEDON. Again, that's promo code LOCKEDON to get your 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. So before we get into the Falcons' potential offseason moves, Uh, I want to let you guys know that Locked On Today is the place where you can get all your sports news in under 20 minutes, hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, get all the analysis from all the local experts across the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcasts. So, Charles, um, I'm curious, sort of, you've already touched upon one aspect of this Falcons offseason with the quarterback conversation, but I'm wondering is that the thing that you're most interested in when it comes to this Falcons offseason? Is it the quarterback conversation, how the Falcons, you know, solve or settle that uh, question mark? Um, if you think it's a question mark, is it going to be Terry and him and how they approach uh free agency with the Falcons relatively tight cap situation? Uh, I'm curious sort of what is the thing that you're looking forward to the most this offseason season with the Falcons?
1: It's to me, the most interesting thing is going to see what they do to, get underneath the, the cap figure or at least the way that they can create flexibility for themselves is what I'm most interested in. And I, th- I think that they can get underneath it, you know, in a way that's not too damaging, but you, you probably have to restructure some guys like maybe Grady Jarrett or Julio Jones. Uh, I think if they restructure, Matt Ryan is kind of telling because that would, I mean, that would essentially force him into like a couple more years here uh, because they're going to have to spread that money out. But uh I'm interested in how they get underneath the salary cap figure and also if they end up making a move with Dante Fowler because I think you can say, like, about $3 million if they cut Fowler this off season. Uh And he was just so underwhelming last year. I know, like, he was hurt and all that stuff, but obviously it wasn't anything that you expected when you give that guy, what was this, like, 16 per, or like, on an average basis? Something like uh, that, yeah. Something around those numbers. Uh, And obviously the production was not even close to good enough. Now you can debate whether he was injured or not. Uh, I personally don't think that he was kind of like really ever worth that money just based on, you know, playing next to Aaron Donald. And we saw what Leonard Floyd did next to Aaron Donald this year. And it just kind of seems like if you're sitting there next to a Hall of Fame defensive tackle, that's like maybe the best defensive line we've ever seen. You're probably going to rack up some sacks. And I think that's exactly what happened to Fowler. Grady Jarrett's a great player. And I think in a league where Aaron Donald doesn't exist, he's in the conversation for the best defensive tackle in the league, but Aaron Donald does exist. And I think we saw the drop-off from Aaron Donald to Grady Jarrett, as well as I thought Grady Jarrett still played last year. Uh, so that that Fowler decision is interesting to me because it's kind of like the last big hack by Dimitrov, and it'll be interesting to see if they just erase that coming into this offseason. And, you know, I just think that personnel-wise you can find a lot better uses for that money, even though there's going to be a little dead cap hit uh, attached to that if they do release him.
0: Do you think that's a, you know, you, you mentioned the last, you know, move by Dimitrov. Do you think that's going to be something that this new regime tries to do to sort of erase the old moves and sort of start fresh with some of these um, players in this, in this roster and, and trying to, whether it's this offseason or next offseason, try to get out of some of these contracts that the Falcons have handed out to players over the last, you know, four or five years.
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, because let's face it, like they, especially in that the offseason where they signed Carpenter and Brown, like both of those were huge whiffs. And uh, I, James Carpenter, I, I have to imagine that he is a candidate to get cut this offseason. Uh, and I, I think that you just kind of need to reverse some of this stuff that happened. Over the past few years. Uh, and I honestly, like, it, it just kind of feels like it was just time for like a new regime, like fresh faces to come in. I, I don't think that, you know, kind of remodeling the decisions over the past few years is a bad idea, just based on, you know, what we know about what happened in those Falcon seasons. But, uh, I, I still don't really expect, like, any movement to have happen with, like – obviously, Matt Ryan, which is the money's not going to work out this year. Like, if he's not starting – if he's not the week one starting for the Falcons, like, I would be absolutely shy. I don't think Julio Jones is getting moved, Brady Jarrett's not getting moved. But, like, there's going to be some guys that maybe are fan favorites that get, like, restructured or released over the next couple of years. So I would just say just brace yourself for that because they, they still have – uh, I mean, they have what, what, five or six year deals and they're going to have their time to imprint what they want the roster to look like. And I can imagine right now, this is not what they want the roster to look like.
0: And, you know, going back to what you touched upon earlier, which is the quarterback conversation and wanting the Falcons to to get a quarterback at four. I, I guess for, for those people that are still not on board with that idea, whether they agree with it or not, but it, at least are struggling to wrap their head around it. I, I guess how would you explain it to them?
1: As bad as the Falcons have been, I guess, since that Super Bowl or really since the the loss of the Eagles in the divisional round, they've never really been within striking distance of finding a quarterback or or, or not finding a quarterback because I don't really think that this was on anyone's mind over the past few years, like, drafting a quarterback to replace Matt. But being at this spot, the fourth overall pick, in you know, what what seems to be, like, a pretty good quarterback class at the top and – only like to secure any one of you know Trevor Lawrence was who's going to, the, to Jacksonville, uh Justin Fields or Zach Wilson, you only have to trade up one spot. And like that, like I just don't think that people understand like how how hard it is to like like to be bad enough to get a pick up here in a draft where you know there are tons of quarterback options and is is a quarterback At the top of the draft, going to help the Falcons this year? No, probably not, unless Matt Ryan gets hurt. But we all know how hard it is to get a quarterback. We see what teams who don't have quarterbacks kind of go through. I mean, like, do you want to end up like Washington or Chicago, like where you spend a bunch of resources and you don't have really a way to get that quarterback or, uh, you know, end up like the Raiders where you're all right with Derek Carr, but you wish you could do a little better at quarterback? You have a chance to go get a guy who – at least it's perceived to be one of the best quarterback options in the class. And it, it's just such a hard opportunity to come across that. I think you have to like seriously consider taking Matt. Now the issue is one, the Falcons are a cap draft and two, there's a difference between like taking a quarterback late first round and have him sit for a while, like the Ravens did with Lamar Jackson and a quarterback a fourth overall, just based on like salary differences. Like that's going to be, uh, maybe a little bit hard to have the guy sitting on the bench, but we're talking about like securing the next, you know, decade, hopefully next decade of Falcon football. And you have an opportunity right now.
0: Yeah. I mean, it goes back to something I, I've told Falcon fans, particularly those that in the past have been very critical of Matt Ryan. And I've always sort of said it like, you know, whether you like Matt Ryan or not, you know, I, I I've, for like five years now, I've been out of the whole Matt Ryan debates. Cause it's just like, at this point in time, you're not going to change anybody's mind about Matt Ryan, right. you know? Um, but like for a lot of those people that were critical of Matt Ryan, I was always like, look, they're not going to change Matt Ryan. So you can either make peace with the fact that you don't like Matt Ryan as a quarterback and he's the team's quarterback, or you, I guess you can go root for another team until the Falcons replace Matt Ryan. And it never was realistic, as you said, for the Falcons to get a new quarterback, you know, they've had top 10 you know, picks in the past, but in years where there weren't good quarterbacks in, in those drafts, like the 2014 draft with Jake Matthews. I think that was the Teddy Bridgewater draft, right?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and the Blake Bortles draft. So it wasn't like they were going to get a quarterback then. Then, um, what was it? You know,
1: 2015, Vic Beasley, but Jameson Winston went one and two. So yeah. And, Jameson Mariota went one and two.
0: Yeah. So they never really had it. And, and at that time, like, you know, that was the prime of Matt Ryan's career. Uh, so it was one of those things where they've never really had an opportunity to even think about taking a quarterback at any point. Like I remember in the twenty seventeen draft, where we, the Falcons were picking late in that draft, and I was looking at a guy like Deshaun Kaiser, and I was like, you know, there is like a part of me that kind of likes Deshaun Kaiser as like a stash player, but like you know, Matt Ryan was coming off an of MVP season, so it was like you, right. there was no okay. real reality. You know, and obviously Kaiser didn't really amount to much in the, in the NFL, so bullet dodge there. But it's just one of those things where it's like they've never had this opportunity to sort of let it slip through their hands. You know, it doesn't necessarily make a ton of sense to do that. But as you say, it's not like they have to draft the quarterback. So they, they have some flexibility here. So that's the positive about picking this high, where they can get a really blue-chip player at another position, or they can sort of get a quarterback and they just kind of, just have to
1: sit and wait how this offseason plays out. Yeah, I mean, I, I I would say that for Falcons fans, like, really arguing about this stuff, this is a, like, really no, major, no matter how you cut it like, this is a good opportunity for them. Because either, look, Jacksonville, Jets guaranteed to pick quarterback quarterback uh, in the draft. Uh, don't know who the Jets are going to pick yet. I think that people are writing off Justin Fields a little bit too soon for that number two pick. But uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, Houston trade that pick to Miami third overall don't think Miami is going to pick a quarterback third overall Uh, you know there's a funny scenario where Houston gets that pick back but they have to lose Deshaun Watson uh, in order to make that happen in which case I I still don't know what Houston would do do because then you have two on the Texans but you know you're either in a spot where you're going to pick a quarterback which is great because I think that Really, all four of these quarterbacks, and you include Trey Lance, like have cases to be top five picks. Uh, Lance needs a little bit more seasoning than the others, but I think like if if you can hit on Trey Lance, like that's that could be a really special player, which makes me excited about that. Uh, or you can take you know Penny Sewell, which would definitely lock down the offensive line for a good while, and then you can kind of figure out whatever you want to do with McGarry uh, and Sewell and Jake Matthews after that. Like I think that that's a pretty good problem to have. you can trade down and draft someone like Kyle Pitts and just go super turbo offense with Arthur Smith in year one. Like no matter how you cut it, this is a pretty good spot for the Falcons to be in, at least in terms of the draft. Uh, They just kind of have to, you know, do what they feel is best, but I I can really only think of like one scenario that would actually make me really, really upset. And I think that's going to Micah Parsons at four. And it's not because I don't think he's a great player, but, I have I – do, I do think he's a great player. I just have a few reservations about picking a linebacker that high that was only like a part-time edge rusher. Like if this class had a dynamite edge rusher like a Chase Young or something like that, I would be like, screw the quarterbacks. Let's get this guy four. But I don't think that guy's in this class, which kind of opens up and reflects your options, which is – like almost all of them are pretty good.
0: Charles, you, you're trying to trigger me by calling Chase Young a dynamite pass rusher, but uh, I'll let that slide. <laughs> no. Um prospect prospect <laughs> okay prospect. Okay, all right charles uh we'll, we'll leave the falcons conversation uh at that point and uh we'll continue today's lockdown falcons talking a little bit about a team that you've covered the last two years the jets and um you know they got some free agents you, you already talked a little bit about the jets taking a quarterback um they got some free agents the falcons could wind up signing and we'll do that as we continue today's lockdown falcons But before we get there, guys, I want to let you guys know about the best tasting protein bar on the market. And of course, I'm talking about none other than Built Bar. They have some great flavors. And because all Built Bars have 100% real chocolate in them, they taste just like a candy bar. Some of my top flavors that taste just like some familiar candy bars are Coconut Almond which tastes like an Almond Joy, Caramel Brownie, which tastes like a Milky Way, Peanut Butter, which tastes like a Reese's Cup, Double Chocolate is a Hershey's Bar, Mint Brownie is a York Peppermint Patty, and you can check out all these flavors at BuiltBar.com, and Built Bars aren't just tasty, they're healthy too, they're low in sugar, low in calories, high in protein, high in fiber, I like to use them as low calorie meal replacements for breakfast and lunch, you can use them to give yourself an energy boost pre or post workout, however you want, just head over to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code Locked On, and you'll receive 20% off your next order. That's promo code locked on for twenty percent off your next order at builtbar.com. So, guys, before we get into the Jets free agents that the Falcons could have some interest in, I want to let you guys know about Wednesdays on Locked On NFL podcast. Take a deep dive into the off-season conversations as well as the upcoming draft with a Locked On draft expert joining hosts Tony Wiggins and James Rapine every Wednesday on the Locked On NFL podcast. Subscribe to it wherever you get your podcasts. So, Charles, you, you talked about the Jets. I guess my first question is you said the Jets will take a quarterback at two. You, you feel pretty confident about that?
1: Yeah, I, I feel pretty confident about that. It's either Fields or Wilson, and they just got to figure out which one. Like I, I just don't really see a scenario where Sam is back unless – I mean, I don't even know what you do at two. you do know, the quarterback for the Jets. You know, take Devonta Smith. I don't. I don't know about that.
0: So you know, you say people are writing off Justin Fields. I mean, we do this every offseason. You, yeah, you, know yeah.
1: you know, Zach. Well, you know, Zach Wilson. I know, to I know what's going on there. <laughs> like, I know exactly what's going on there. But you know, I mean, I'm I'm just laughing. Like, dude, this dude at BYU. Like, I, I think Zach Wilson's a, a really good prospect. But I'm talking about like this dude at BYU who didn't play like any power five teams this year, just lightened up like Central Arkansas is going to. Like you're gonna think of him as higher than Justin Fields, who like just like he just came off two seasons ago a 51 touchdown, three interception season, and like he's shown basically all the big time ability you want a quarterback. Like all right, if like if you want to roll that dice on Zach Wilson, that's fine, but I just don't get taking over Fields. Now,
0: on the notion of the Jets, they got some free agents. They have a former Jets coach. Frank Bush as their linebackers coach. And we know that teams, when they change regimes, they like to bring in players that they know, I guess in your experience covering the jets, you know, is is there any sort of insight into Frank Bush that you can uh,
1: share with the listeners? Uh, The only time I talked to Frank was, uh, it was after the Jacob Blake shooting last summer. And honestly, it was actually really awkward because we were on a zoom call. And for those of you who don't know, like the New York, city media market is not very diverse like at all so i was the only black person that was regularly covering the uh the giants and the jets So up was like actually i practice and talking to these guys we have george fant james crowder and i think frank bush that day and they were like only answering questions about the shooting and like racial you know and protests and stuff like that i was the only person asking questions for like 20 minutes this is a zoom call in front of like 20 people uh so you know i got to talk to frank one-on-one in front of a bunch of people which was kind of nice and he seemed like a a really smart wise dude and i thought that the the jets linebackers uh played decently over the past couple years i mean last year was tough without mosley but uh by the end of the season harvey Lange was paying pretty good for a pretty pretty good football by the end of the season so you know, I, I, I'm intrigued by that hired, and obviously, like, if you're going to talk about Jets free agents, the one guy that I think the Falcons should really be looking at is Marcus May. Uh, he's, he's, I, I I think he's just a really, really good sound player. He can play really either spot safe, uh, strong safety or free. I thought he was a little bit better in the box, but I don't think that he's a bad player over top. And when you watch, you know, P's defense, like, those guys rotate a lot, like, pre-snap post-snap that kind of has to do a little bit of everything like both safeties are so I think having like maybe not a superstar but kind of a do-it-all guy back there is someone that the Falcons could really use uh and you know if he does hit free agency and doesn't get the tag or something like that I really see no reason why the Falcons shouldn't pick up the phone and try to make that deal work.
0: Some other names like uh Terrell Basham or, or Jordan Jenkins, if they're looking for a cheaper sort of edge rusher, either to potentially replace Dante Fowler or sort of tag team with him on the opposite side. What what are your thoughts on those two guys?
1: Yeah, I, I think Jenkins is a better player. Uh Terrell Terrell's one of those guys that's like an almost, you know, rusher where he's he can get by the the tackle sometimes, but he's not really getting a lot of sacks and uh you know, he he. To me, he's just kind of like a depth piece. Jenkins is close to someone who, you know, you feel okay starting for a year before you try to find another upgrade. You know, he's kind of like Jenkins, where it's not really star or like superstar at any one thing, but in the right spot, like he can be a, a pretty capable edge defender, especially you know getting leverage versus a run on the edge and. Uh, getting some juices like cleanup pass rushers so you know as they try to figure out like what pieces the defense wants to look like Marcus May and Jordan Jenkins I think are two guys that should definitely be on the Falcons radar as they start to reach out to these guys and and, and piece together like what what they want their defense to look like over the next uh, season uh,
0: the next player I want to ask you about um, the last player I want to ask you about is uh, Neville Hewitt and he's Sort of followed Frank Bush in his last two stops in Miami and, and to the Jets. You know, I know the Falcons' inside linebacker position is not necessarily a, a significant need now with with Dion Jones there um, and Foyi Olakun's emergence last year. But I'm just curious about Neville Hewitt since it seems like Frank Bush, you know, really likes this guy.
1: Um, Neville is like the, <laughs> I can tell by your face. Okay, <laughs> he's like kind of like the opposite of Deion Jones, I would say. Where between <laughs> like the A gaps and maybe the B gaps, you're going to get like an absolute hammer. Uh, but things that ha- kind of expand past that is where he, he struggles. Uh, you know, I think it, the one play that kind of shows the the limitations on Hewitt is if you go back and watch <laughs> the Raiders game in the last play where they threw it to Henry Ruggs for like that touchdown that kept the Jets' leadership going – uh, where Marcus May actually called out, and Red Williams is like, "Yo, that was trash." Uh, yeah. Neville Neville's blitzing on the play, and he like kind of gets caught up on a on a on a running back, but he gets past him pretty quick. And if it was like Debo or Foyer, I'm betting money on a sack like every time. But you see him kind of get stuck, like as he tries to turn back around, and you see, you know, like it, it's just not it, it's not like what people have been used to from Falcons linebackers over the past few years, where it's, you know Debo Devandre foyer where all these guys can run uh, it's a little bit different with Neville now I don't know like if you want to bring it for special teams that's fine but you know, as a backup linebacker I think you could do a little bit better but that was a cool guy okay
0: <laughs> all right Charles I, I really do appreciate your insights into some of these Jets free agents um, I think I'll be talking about Marcus May later this week when I do my free agent Friday breakdown on the safety position. And I also appreciate your insights into the Falcons offseason and some of these other big off season storylines. I look forward to having you back on, you know, probably in, in late March, once we start to see some of these moves actually happen and see what the Falcons actually do uh, in free agency, but go ahead and, and plug, you know, anything you're working on right now and anything you got coming up for, for the win um,
1: on uh, that you're writing. Uh, let's see, me and my co-worker, Stephen Ruiz, we're putting together, uh, off-season packets on some teams, uh, honestly, it's basically teams that just click well, so I don't know if we're going to get to the Falcons, so, uh, we'll see about that, and also, I'm working on a gaming feature, like, if you like Call of Duty Warzone (laughs) and the NFL, this might be something that you're going to be, like, pretty interested in over the next week, like, I'm I'm interviewing a big Twitch player, um, I'm going to see if I can get some NFL guys on the phone too. uh, to basically just talk about like how this became kind of a go to for NFL players to kick back and unwind. And especially in an offseason where, or especially last year where, you know, you couldn't really get close to each other. So I know a lot of guys, especially like on the Jets, and Giants, but like they would just hop off practice and go play Warzone. And then uh, there's this guy named, (laughs) his name's Swag with two G's. Uh so I'm interviewing him and he's plays with like Odell and Kyler Murray. So talk about his background, how that happened and then how Warzone became like this place where NFL players meet up. I see you found a way to get your uh year long playing video games. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, I've been, I've been I've been playing Warzone basically every day for the past like eight or nine months. So you're like I, I'm doing this for research, right? Research. Yeah, 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 doing this for research. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I was like, I, I got to get off so I can uh, play some Warzone later, like, figure out how to, uh, to take this
0: interview. All right. Well, Charles, again, I appreciate it, and uh, have a good one, man, friend. Thank you. All right, man, have a good one. Later. All right, guys, It's Charles McDonald Verts on Twitter. And uh there you guys have it. I don't have anything else to add. Tomorrow we'll we'll do some potential breakout candidates for the Falcons in twenty twenty one. We touched upon this a little bit with Will McFadden on um last week's episode. I don't know, they all blur together at this point in time. So we'll, we'll talk breakout candidates, we'll talk uh free agent Friday uh the day after tomorrow, um starring Jake Jalen Hall. Uh, so we will do that. And if you guys have any feedback on anything Charles or I said on today's episode, anything I've said on previous episodes or anything you want me to talk about on future episodes, of course, you can hit me up on Twitter at lockdown Falcons on Facebook at lockdown Falcons, or you can send an email to at mail at mail.com.